0: Hey there everyone, Uh, my name's Thomas Segey. I'm the 2019 Pride of the Hide, and welcome to the Kink Closet. Today I'm joined by Handler David, who was Queensland Leather Boy 2016, Queensland Handler 2018, Australian Handler 2018, and International Handler 2019. David, say hello. Hello. I think by that I'm officially a sash queen now. I think you are. I think possibly. I'm pretty sure there are some people here who are jealous of that.
1: Uh, look, so many people, uh, I think, are, um, especially given that the international handler sash is being retired at the end of this year. So I will be the last person to wear that sash, oh. um, which is very very exciting. Um, but I'm kind of over it. It's like <laughs> it's a wonderful year. I'm really enjoying it, and I'm also really looking forward to being a wazzy at the end of uh, at the end of my term.
0: We're all so happy. For you. Yeah, well it's
1: look, it's wonderful being I think it's uh the fifth international title holder from Australia. Um, I think. I Maybe. Think.
0: Um Maybe someone can fact check us.
1: Yeah. And tell please, us on Insta. Please fact check me. And um I was the first international title holder from Queensland. Um so of course as soon as I brought it home to Queensland I then moved to New
0: South Wales. <laughs> um which they were not happy about, but uh but there you go. Well, I know I'm happy that you're here. Anyways, moving on. So welcome to the Kink Closet. How are you feeling? Good. It's good to be here. I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to the chat. Cool. Hopefully you can come out again with us. Um, so I'm going to ask you the same question I ask everyone else. Tell me who you were before you were a fetish person.
1: Look, I had to give this quite some thought when you suggested the question, because that is an awfully long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I started uh, sneaking into kink clubs before it was legal for me to be there, so I think I was i was just 17 mm. so that's nearly half my life ago <laughs> oh shit um which is uh yeah which is a, an awfully long time um and most of who i was before then is the same as kind of who i am now so you know i was um an irrepressible nerd who kind of yeah uh did kind of science and sang and knitted in his spare time (laughs) um and then uh some of my friends in melbourne uh took me out to chains which was a wonderful um pan pub night and i got introduced to impact and rope and um primarily actually sensation play um back then um so not the kind of yeah, I did much less of the kind of, you know, harder kink stuff and much more in kind of sensual sensation play, which was really, really fun. Yeah. Um and still is a big part of I think my kink life now. Um and definitely something that I try to bring into the the pet play, which is kind of where my where my life has taken me, or where my kink life has taken me. Um and then kind of over those, you know, 15 years now. Um the things that i was learning in my real life and the things that i was learning in my kink life kind of um always informed each other. Mm-hmm. So um i i moved into healthcare for for um uh for work and research particularly in healthcare and so you know as a result of you know being involved with the the kink scene I have a very interesting approach to um, consent in research, research ethics yes. and th- these kinds of things um, and have thought about that stuff a lot more than um, a lot of my colleagues uh, because I had this kind of kink background. Yeah. So it's it's interesting for me thinking about who I was before kink because I think I was... Always kink? Yeah. I was I was a child before I was kink and then my adult life has always had a kink thread through it and the kind of... The king side of my life and the more vanilla side of my life have always intermingled and always kind of um, informed each other, which has been a really great way to grow up. I think.
0: Yeah. So, uh, how did you feel? So, how did you feel with having those two intertwined? Were you comfortable with it, or did you um, how? How did you come to terms with it all? I mean, it's always been
1: really difficult. Um, There comes a point in particularly in every, I think, title holder's life, where you realise that your kink life is now public. Yeah. And um, it's been really interesting for me. So with my kind of um, the, the the pup side of my family, um, so there's kind of three or four or five, depending on how you count it, um, <laughs> pups in my family. Um, and two of those have pup Facebook accounts, which are their pup name and my surname, and, um you know, don't have their faces on them and don't have links back to their kind of vanilla selves or their professional selves. And it was really interesting having the conversations with them because, you know, my Handler David Facebook account is very public. It has my face all over it. It's very hard not to have your face all over um, Social social media when you're... I mean, first of all, I'm a handler, so I don't get to wear a pop hood. No. Um, which would it can be helpful um, <laughs> in terms of hiding your identity. But also, you know, part of the role of being a title holder in general, and particularly an in international, I think, um, is to be visible yeah. and to be seen and to be... Um, a voice. Yeah, and a voice and a presence yeah. and a, a person. Um, because I think the things which over the last, you know, six months or less than that now, um, since the, the international title, the things which I think have made the most impact on people have been basically just me being a human being yeah, and seeing things that were happening and going, hey, that's not okay. Um, you know, treating people like this isn't right or, um, you know, putting my pronouns on... Yeah. Um, uh, social media and these kinds of things. So little bits of me being a human being publicly um, have have impact. You know, it's kind of this is the ultimate in the personal becoming political, the personal yeah. becoming part of um, the, yeah. the, the the polis, the kind of the, the broader community.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, so you kind of just have to get in, have to deal with that. You have to just kind of accept it. It's just yeah. it goes with the territory. Um, You're just accepting what's happening and... And roll with it and enjoy it. And, um, you know, it makes you think a lot more about what it is that you're doing and how mm -hmm. you're talking, Um, you know. You have impact. But it's not just impact. It's also that as a result of me being quite public, because I have to be, um, parts of my vanilla life then see my kink life and they ask about it. Yeah. And so even in my vanilla life now, I am somebody who talks about, um, you know, relational honesty and consent and domestic violence and and all these kinds of things, which we're forced to think about in our kink lives, Mm -hmm. um, that I probably wouldn't be called on to have an opinion about if I wasn't involved in fetish communities.
0: Yeah. You've got an interesting perspective being, uh, having to, and ask those questions all the time with all your relationships. Yeah, and look, and people expect you to have an opinion yes. on these things, you know. Um,
1: there's, you know, I don't think there really is a good definition of, you know, what is pet play, what is pup play. Um, but I have a pithy response. Yes. I have a, a well-thought-out response, um, which I can give uh, if somebody asks, because I have to. Um, and that answer has has changed and and developed over time um but it forces you to really really think about what you're doing and then um kind of digest that into something which is going to be usable as a soundbite or as a response because people will just expect you to have an answer yeah to and to have a considered opinion which i don't think we really
0: ever do in any other way which has been interesting yeah. Well, that's a very interesting perspective in terms of how your lives are kind of mixing in together. Now, I wanted to bring it back a bit. Tell me more about sensual play. What does that mean to you? Ah, sensual play. sound bites. All right. If... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so, I, I love playing with um kind of all different kinds of sensation um you know we have a lot of kink that is that kind of revolves around ideas of say pain as a sensation or um constriction as a sensation so control and and bondage and these kinds of things but bodies are really cool things Mm -hmm. right we have these amazing kind of Um, these amazing bodies and these amazing selves and there's a whole lot of stuff that they do that you can play with you can play with with tickle and touch and um, hot and cold and give your body or give somebody else's body sensations that they kind of naturally wouldn't come across Mm -hmm. and um, that I think does some really interesting things to your brain it it makes it makes you think in some really odd ways and for me i think all of kink personally is around getting myself out of my head you know mm-hmm. i'm a researcher i'm an academic by um by training and profession and so an awful lot of time is spent in my own head and so anything that i can do to try and get me out of my head to kind of shock me out of thinking and into just existing yeah um is is a really positive thing that i can do and um i was also really lucky early on that um I, I really discovered the joy of kind of non-sexual, quite safe sensation. So mm. um, I had a, a, a flogger that I absolutely loved um, made by Master Joe down in Melbourne. Um, unfortunately, it got damaged. Somebody spilled alcohol on it. And it was the saddest day of, of my kink life. Um, and uh, they... Uh, I I would use this flow, but it was very, very soft. It was incredibly soft leather. And it just had this this amazing effect on skin as you kind of Mm -hmm. like ruffled it over skin. And one of my friends at the time um, was quite kinky, but um, didn't get involved in kink much because um, she'd had some very bad experiences and people kind of blowing past consent boundaries and things like that. And so we played with touch, you know, we, yep. we played with, you know, with the sensation of this flogger and the, the smell of it and the feel of it on skin and things like that. And, um, and it was, it was highly consensual. It yep. was non-sexual. Um, she's not my type. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think that, you know, at the time, you know, 20 year old gay boys are were her, were her type either. <laughs> um, so, you know, so that wasn't kind of a, a, a part of it. But it was this really different thing, and then um, I actually bumped into her many years later um, at a kink event, um, and she introduced me as um, the reason that I can play again. Oh, isn't um, that beautiful? Yeah, and it was it was this incredible feeling. Like you know, I didn't you know play with her because you know I wanted any great kudos or anything like that. I played with her because she was fucking fun. Yeah, and one of my friends and somebody I still care an awful lot about, um, and we were creating this beautiful space and this beautiful experience. But it was something which was both enjoyable and also really safe for both of us. It was um, a a really, um, yeah, like safe and and caring and careful environment for both of us to to be in. Um, And so that was a a really kind of formative experience
0: for me, which happened really early on. Yeah, what's so interesting is that there are other aspects to kink. Um, I think a lot of people starting out will be really um based off what they see especially porn for instance is very much focused on those hard kinks as you said oh, before it's the the 50 shades effect
1: 50 shades oh, effect I remember when that came out and I was I was regularly going to pan like kink events and those people play hard mm. right but I remember when 50 shades came out and we got this flood of um wannabe Christian Grays um and and it was awful We were spending all of our, you know, the community was spending all of their time, like... Re-educating. Re-educating people, um, watching out for people playing unsafely, um, these kinds of things. Um, And, you know, I think what was being lost in that was that it's not just about what you can do, it's about what you can create, right? Yeah. And this is something which I think has become more important as I've moved out of the kind of you know, traditional kind of kink and leather spaces and more into a pet play space. Yeah. And also, um, to a lesser extent, a kind of um, daddy little space as well. Yeah. Um, is that what we're fundamentally playing with is the mind. The mind. We're playing with how how we think about ourselves, how we think about other, other people and how we interact. And so you can do amazing things with, you know, running your fingers through somebody's beard or, um, you know looking down at somebody and smiling at them yeah like those really small things because they're targeted at not just kind of making somebody f- you know like pushing somebody beyond a limit you know it's not just about what you're doing to somebody it's about what you know the impact is going to be in their sense of self and in their in them head um that those things can be just as powerful if not more so yeah that kink doesn't just have to be about what you can withstand but always stand, or what you can show off later. Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, and there's plenty to show off yep. in um, in pet play. There's plenty to show off in in all kinds of things. Um, but I don't know. For the, for the kind of kink that I do, when I meet people where that's their kind of number one, yep. it doesn't interest me nearly as much as somebody who comes in and you know, wants to get to know me and wants to wants me to get to know them and um, has some, you know, really quirky little things that make
0: them shiver. Like that's far more fun. Far more fun and it's so much fun to explore. Uh, what you're saying a lot is definitely clicking with me because my number one kink is smell, mm-hmm. scent. Um, I... See, now you're making me wish that I'd actually put my
1: scent on today. Yeah. I didn't because you never know How people are gonna
0: react but I will have to come back over with it on Sunday I would love you too but the thing is what you're saying is really speaking to me because it's resonating that yes it's not so much an instant feeling but for me like the smell a smell can make me really get turned on also really get turned off at the same Mm -hmm. time Um, I've most of the time got him back into um, a, a sex mindset once I've smelled something that's really intrigued me, as well. I whether I even just have to smell myself just to get back into it. But um, it's just so interesting that those little things that can also be those senses.
1: That, and I, mean, I think that's the the thing that really in- intrigues me is that it's not about the. It's not just about what's happening. In the world it's actually what's happening inside your head yeah and that's the thing that really matters that's the really kinky bit that's the really sexy bit mm-hmm. you know the brain is the hot mm-hmm. osteogenous zone right yeah um is that if we if we're it doesn't matter what we're doing on the outside as long as it's you know like risk aware consensual you know and we're taking personal responsibility for the the risks that we're taking yeah um but it actually doesn't matter what we're doing on the outside as long as it has an impact on the inside. Mm -hmm. And often, you know, the... I mean, for some people, and I I know some of them and I've played with some of them and I've played very hard with some of them, (laughs) you know, it it really is about pushing somebody's boundaries because the one thing they want is to have those boundaries of what they can take and what they can um, experience pushed as as, as fast and as hard and as far as possible. Um, but for other people, you know, I'm thinking of somebody in particular where, um, you know, I stroke their face and call them a good boy and they melt. Right. And that's, that's what causes that change inside their head.
0: Yes. Yeah. And those little moments are so rich. Um, for instance, last week at, um, a certain party we were at, Mm -hmm. um, good party. It was a, very fun. Um and just up to someone and they were quite nervous and anxious being there. Um and they were with me and my friends and I'd met them at like a birthday party before and, you know, seen them online and they were just looking up to them. I just walked up to them and kinda of gave them a pat on the back. But then moved my loved hand to the back of their head and just gave a little scratch on the back, melted instantly yeah. into my arms, came into me, and it wasn't, I wasn't doing it in sort of like a, I want you, I was like, no, I'm here for you, and then they wanted me. And this is, like, I, I think the the thing that we miss about it often
1: is people associate it with, say, associate kink with, say, sex or or these kinds of things, and certainly there is a fair amount yeah. of sex, and I do love a bit of sex with my mm-hmm. kink um i do love a lot of sex with my kink let's be fair (laughs) um i just love a lot of sex um but one of the things that i think particularly being in the pet community has really taught me because it is a community which is for people of all genders and none and all sexualities and none um a lot of the people who are playing together aren't gonna fuck no um and that's The nature of the beast but what they they are getting is this incredible sense of of human connection connection that's it. linking in with each other and and um getting you know that that physical contact and emotional contact and, and really kind of coming together as people and i think that's one of the wonderful things about the experiences that we as kinky people get to have that you know a lot of people don't get to have
0: no well anyways david we have definitely done a very long episode, however, the conversation I think was just too good for there. Thank yeah. you so much, it was so lovely to be here. Um, I don't get to talk to, about this stuff nearly often enough, so
1: yeah, thank you for the opportunity.
0: No, um, thank you. Um, it was really nice having you think, I I I've really enjoyed this chat, it's really been quite sensual for me as well. Like everyone, I'm sitting here and David is talking to me and I've got like... Goosebumps as we're reliving these kind of. You're a little hot under the collar, aren't you? I very much under the bow tie. Yeah, it's a very nice bow tie. Thank you so much, puncture. Uh, if anyone is looking, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Nikki is back on maternity leave from February. Um, anyways, <laughs> so, anyways, thank you so much for coming into the king closet and then coming out again. In Absolute it. pleasure. And I will see you around at the next event, hopefully. Yes, you will. All right. See you, everyone. Have a great day, evening, or whatever. Bye.